the next class. I'm Rob Burtzell, your host, and as always, joined by my co-host, Tom Burnford. Tom, good to see you. Good to see you again, Rob. How have you been? I've been good. It was actually my birthday yesterday, and so I had a wonderful Excellent. dinner with uh, my only daughter left at home and my wife. And um, it was, uh, although it's, uh, having three children is kind of strange having a birthday with only one at home. But uh, ah, had, yes, yes, we had a, a great dinner. It was a bit of a snowstorm here, and we ventured out and to our favorite favorite local restaurant here. So it was uh, it was great, and looking forward to getting on the road next week off to visit a, a bunch of schools in the Bay Area. So looking yep. forward to getting on the road again. Yep. How about you? How have you been? I've been well. Travel's opening up. I was with principals in Concord, New Hampshire yesterday, and I'll be with principals in Washington, D.C. next week. But one thing, Rob, I am so excited that our partnership with Marquette, which gives access to quality Marquette courses taught by Marquette professors to high school students around the country, that is enrollment is now open. So that's a big deal for us. So a um, little shout out there to the team who's got that up and running. So that's good news. No, it's great. Marquette's been a great partner and a, a great, great institution. Also exciting news out this week for Catholic schools, enrollment up 5%. Tom, that is remarkable. It's just amazing. What was it, 64,000 new students? 64,000 new students, mostly at the younger age. And Rob, I think it's significant to note that many of the students also uh, came at two Catholic schools partly because of the pandemic, because Catholic schools were open, but have stayed, have stayed enrolled, which is, to me, a testament that once you see how a Catholic school works, you want to stay there and you want that for your your children. So uh, other, good stuff. The other bit of that news is that a vast majority of those are coming in Florida and Arizona and Wisconsin, where the students are using vouchers and tax credits. So we're given choice. Families are choosing Catholic schools, which is really exciting. And, and just the number Five percent after years of declining enrollments is just really exciting for great news. Yes, let's let's get on to our show today. We have a very special guest, a longtime friend of mine, Father Jose Mesa, is the secretary for secondary and pre-secondary education for the Society of Jesus, otherwise known as the Jesuits. Globally, I met Father Mesa. Um, about 15 years ago when he came to our office at Cristo Rey, and we had a meeting with a group that he brought from uh, South Latin America, Fe y Alegria. Um, the slogan of this group, of this network of schools is where the pavement ends, Fe y Alegria begins. And that tells you who they serve and, and just a great group of people. And Jose and I have been working on, on all sorts of educational innovations for a long time. So Father Meso, welcome to the next class. Thank you, Rob, and good to see you, Tom, too. It's a pleasure to be with you both. And thank you for, for joining us. Um, looks like you're at Loyola University. I am based here at Loyola University, and, but my office is in Rome at the General Korea of the Society of Jesus. Great. And uh, for our listeners, Jose and I have had many fun lunches at the Jesuit residence at Loyola University Chicago with our dear friend who was on the other day, Father John Foley. The three of us have had many, many fun times, Jose, haven't we? <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's always uh, wonderful to be able to share with you both. Good. Can you just, uh, before we begin, just tell us a little bit about your role within the Jesuits and, and what, what you do, Jose. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Yes, my role is basically to assist Father General, the Father General Arturo Sosa, the General of the Society of Jesus, in, uh, in, in uh, about the Jesuit schools, uh, secondary and pre-secondary schools. So that's basically what I do. I, 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 I help him uh, to really make sure that our 
schools are focused on the mission that they are really serving who are they are supposed to do and create some uh, common language and criteria for our schools. Our schools are locally uh, run and, and the decisions are made at the local level, but at the same time, we want to make sure that our schools are all focused on our universal mission and we all learn to work together as a universal body in the church. And just uh, offhand, do you, how many Jesuit secondary and pre-secondary schools are there around the world? Well, this is a, a, a tough question, but let me say to you that uh, basically we have uh, around 2,300 uh, schools that are Jesuit-run or associated to the regional networks of the Society of Jesus. This includes the network that you just mentioned, Faye Alegria, that offer popular education in many parts of Latin America, and now they are also growing in Africa, uh, South Asia, and even in Europe. Um, 2,300 schools. And how many do you think, you've been doing this job about 15 years? Uh, around 11 now. 11 years, okay. <laughs> um, and how many schools do you think you have visited in those 11 years? Oh, that's a good question. I will say that probably um, 300, 400 schools. That's it. I, I love wow. getting in schools. Last year, Jose, I was in 70 schools, which was a pretty good year for me. So what... You know, when we talk about Jesuit education, a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, have heard of Jesuit education here in America. They associate it with Georgetown and as Marquette, as we were saying earlier, um, Marquette University High School. What What is the difference or what makes Jesuit education unique? Yeah, that's a, a very good question. Let me use a culinary metaphor and see if, if it, can, it can be helpful. I think that the ingredients that we use in Jesuit education are the same ingredients used in many other Catholics and even non-Catholic schools around the world. Uh, but even though we use the same ingredients, we, we, we use this, sometimes the same pedagogies, we have the same goals, and the way you know, the way we do things is a little bit different. It's like the same or, or different cooks use the same ingredients, but things taste differently. So I will say that that is what it happens. Even though we use very similar ingredients to others, our, our education has a, a distinctive taste. And I think that the secret ingredient that makes it different from others is the spiritual experience based on Ignatius on Loyola and the spiritual vision that he embodies and that we try to transmit to our students and our school communities. That's the secret ingredient that we put it and that makes it a, very, a little bit different. Uh, that is different doesn't mean better or worse than others. I, I, I've seen others that are doing wonderful jobs, but that is what we do. do we add our Ignatian flavor, uh, or at least we hope to do that, to our, our education. But I know my experience, Jose, um, you know, a, a big takeaway for me from my years in Jesuit education is, is the slogan and the saying, women and men for others, and, and the service component, and uh, even in, in today's reading, that faith without work is, is dead. And that, to me, is very important in Jesuit education, that it's, it's, it's faith and service combined. I, I think that that's very important, uh, Rob, uh, you are saying. We recently 
publish a new document on Jesuit education. We don't publish documents very often in our almost 500 years of working. We are only published four official documents on education. And a recent one from 2019, it talks about 10 global identifiers of Jesuit education. It's the identifiers that it should be present in all our schools, so if they really want to be called Jesuit schools. And some of those identifiers are very similar to what you are saying, that is also part of the recipe that we have for Jesuit education. For instance, today, Jesuit education is committed to in-depth faith formation, educating for global citizenship, for the care of creation, justice, human excellence, safeguarding, and all of this from an Ignatian perspective. So all of those things put together, I think that that is what makes Jesuit education distinctive, and that is why some people recognize it as different from others and recognize it as something that is uh, unique in many ways. Uh, that's that's great. Um, Father, I, I had the privilege when I was working at NCEA um, of working also with OIEC, the International Office for Catholic Education. I believe I believe you work with OIEC closely, uh, obviously with the Vatican and the Order as well. But And, you know, I was always struck in my work how Catholic schools really are all over the world. And I know Jesuit schools are present in all countries and all over the world. And one of the questions I just had for you is, is there a sense um, with Jesuit schools of where you're looking to expand or do you see a particular area where the Spirit of God is moving, uh, moving you forward in education? Could you could you share with us a little bit about that, please? Yeah, thank you, Tom. Uh, let me say that I, I agree with you. I have also, I, I do work closely with OYEC. I am a member of the council uh, of OYEC. And um, I had also visited many Catholic schools all over the world. And I, I do see that there is a, a, a big appreciation for Catholic education everywhere where even among people who are not Catholics or not even Christians, even secular people appreciate Catholic education because they recognize that Catholic education really wants to educate the whole person and the care for the individual student is very important in all our schools. And I, I think that that's something that people recognize that. And also our Catholic schools are recognized everywhere in the world uh, for strong academics and offering really quality education today. You were asking me about where are we expanding, and let me say, as we are opening schools in all the continents as we speak now. Wow! But but there are really maybe two areas of the world in which there are. This is especially important. One is Africa and Madagascar, because as you know, Tom, for Africa and Madagascar, quality education is one of their priorities. These areas are looking for new and more humane ways of developing, and uh, they see quality education as one of those important doors that they need to open for for their future. So we are really uh, extending our networks in in Africa. As I said to you, Fe Alegria is just opening uh, schools now in Africa, uh, offering quality education for the poorest. But also our traditional schools are also opening in many parts of Africa. And there is really a great thirst for, for Jesuit school, for Catholic schools in Africa. And we really understand that that's a very good way to 
contribute to the future of this continent, and especially because it's also the future of the world in some ways that right. we Absolutely. do that. And, and the, the other area in which we are also expanding, or there are also two areas that we are expanding. One is in the previous communist countries, um, huh. many uh, are also looking for for Catholic education and for Jesuit education. Uh, I was struck some years ago, I was visiting one of our schools in Hungary, and they told me that the mayor of the city wanted to talk to me. And I, I, I went to see him and he said, Father, uh, we need your help. We need the help of the Catholic Church. We need the help of the Jesuits because we come from our communist past. We know that that education is not the education that we need for our future and for our uh, current uh, young generations. Can you help us uh, right. to do something like that? So we have been also opening a school in those areas. And um, I, I'm, recently, I also received some requests from some of the countries, even it's a country that is Catholic is a minority, but they are still looking for Catholic education as a way to really implement uh, quality education in this country. And in the other country is also a countries in South Asia, I will say especially India, but not only India, we have an extensive uh, network of schools there. We have more than 400 schools in India alone, but, but they are really looking to expand and offer quality education, even creating uh, alliances with other Catholic organizations and even non-Catholic organizations that uh, recognize uh, what we are doing and they want to join with us and we want to join with them in this. That's tremendous. That's tremendous growth and uh, just uh, that's, that's great. Great to hear about schools opening. Uh, thank you, Tony. It's certainly very exciting for Catholic education for us and for the Guero, I think. Um, Jose, you just mentioned a little while ago that you've been in over 300 schools in the past 10 or 11 years. When, you, when you're in schools and, and when you're talking to schools and, and you're, you're meeting with them, uh, are there unique elements that you see and are there universal elements that you've seen in these schools? Uh, th that's a really very good question. I was visiting a school uh, last week and, and I was very surprised because um, let me begin with uh, what is common because our schools, as I said before, we do uh, a big effort to make sure that they are locally rooted and they respond to the local context. And I think that our schools really do a good job in that sense. They, they, they really create uh, links with their communities. They try to respond to that community, to that culture, to the country in which they are located. But at the same time, for me, amazing if I am in Japan or I am in Rio de Janeiro or I am maybe in Paris or maybe in here in the U.S. or in anywhere else or in Kinshasa, I always ask when I meet students uh, a question, what is that you like the most about the school? And one of the things that they always say that for me is really amazing in a good sense is they always say, we really feel home here. We feel, we feel respected. We really like to come to our schools. 
I am aware that I only talk to a small group of students, and these students are selected to talk to me. And so I always wonder, well, I always ask, but if that is the way you feel, also your class may feel that way. And they usually say, no, 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 it's, if, uh, we all feel that way, and that's very important for us. I remember when I was the president of a Jesuit school before this job, I usually say to new parents that, uh, that we had one problem that it was a good problem, but it's still a problem, is that uh, their, their kids uh, usually wanted to stay too long in the schools. And at one point we had to say, sorry, please go home and please don't go too early. Uh, and, and, and that means they do feel in general appreciated, recognized. They, they also say, and they said it again last week that I was visiting this school here in the U.S., that they feel that um, the, the teachers respect them, care about them, and there is a, a sense of belonging to a home that there is a sense that they, they really want to create a community. So th this is a, amazing for me because, again, I, I hear it everywhere I go. It could be Hong Kong or, or, or it, it could be Buenos Aires or it could be uh, anywhere in Harare in Africa. Uh, and, and also something that I also hear very often is that students always identify some of these Jesuit values that we, we really think important. You were mentioning one of them at the beginning, Rob, and it's, they, they, for them it's very clear that Jesuit education wants today uh, to form men and women for others and with others. That's a message that we do get across, and they say uh, wonderful things about how they feel that that is uh, happening in the school, the service opportunities that they have, the way they value, the care for others, the way they value uh, creating a sense of common home. I remember some years ago, I was visiting uh, one of our schools in Taiwan, and I was talking to a former student of the school and that was now running his own company. And he said to me, Father, I'm not a Christian myself, but I went to a Jesuit school. And one of the things that I learned is to be a man for others. And that is so important for me that now everything that we do in our company, I always ask how this is going to affect the poor in society and how this that we are doing can help the poorest in our societies and he showed me some things that they were doing uh, for the poor in their area so I, I, I so at least in some cases the message gets across and, and the students do welcome and embrace some of the values that we have and that are uh, everywhere uh, for us present in our schools. Thank you Jose that, that's really interesting we're going to take a brief pause to hear a word from our sponsor. Catholic Virtual is the trusted online education partner of Catholic schools worldwide. We develop customized online learning solutions to meet the needs of our partner schools and their students. Visit our website at www.catholicvirtual.com to learn more. Now back to the episode. And we are back. Thank you to our sponsor, Catholic Virtual. And if you, we are new to podcasting. If you're enjoying this podcast, we'd love it if you would give us a thumbs up, share this with your friends and family, give us a reading. Um, but we're back at it here. Tom, you want to take it from Great. here? Yeah, thank you, Rob. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's fascinating that you said, Father, that really you've written four documents on education in 500 years. Uh, I think that's like an organization that has a long-term perspective, 
let's face it. Um, so <laughs> thinking in terms of centuries, if not millennia. So I wanted to just ask, though, so much has changed and so much does change in education quickly. Where do you think, where do you see Jesuit education? I'm just going to pick a number. Where do you see Jesuit education in 10 years? Where do you see this network of schools in 10 years? Yeah, that's really a, a very important question. And it's a question that we have been discussing in our schools, because even though uh, uh, we do a wonderful job and uh, we have uh, we are humble uh, because many people if for over the centuries have helped us to get where we are we are very aware that uh, tradition alone is not enough and that repeating the past is not good enough you know some years ago I was in a congress uh, about Catholic education and I shared uh, with uh, people in the congress that in my many uh, trips and uh, interacting with people who are in the educational world, not necessarily in the Catholic world, I, I, they always recognize Catholic education, as we said, as uh, synonymous with uh, quality education. But some of them also uh, express this idea that sometimes Catholic education is a good a quality education, but it's a little bit like the best of the past. And, uh, and I think that that's not really a good thing. If we cannot right. be the best of the past, that means that we are not doing something right, or at least that we are not aware that the world is changing. And for us, in, in a Catholic tradition, the world changing means that God is changing the world, that right. God is actively in our world, and that we need to discern how God is acting in our world and how we can contribute to what God is trying to do in the world. So that requires an ongoing discernment that for us is very important and that requires us to really make sure that our tradition is a living tradition, that we just don't do things because we did it in the past. I usually say when I go to our schools that if uh, the, the answer to why this is a Jesuit school, the answer is because we have been doing this for the last 100 years or 50 years or 30 years or 20 years in this way does not really mean that that's a, a Jesuit school. That just means that it's a pedagogical museum uh, <laughs> that is not really responding to the world. Uh, so I, I think that the world is moving. And, and as you were saying, Tom, there are new frontiers in education. There are new things happening in the world. And that one of the things that is certainly happening in the world is that um, we are realizing as a humanity that we are in all of this together. The pandemic, the ecological crisis are calling us to understand that the current division in nations and countries is not really adequate, with that we are one human race and that we need to contribute to work together. That's a new awareness. That's sure. a new context, and that requires that Catholic education and Jesuit education can respond to that. We are trying to respond to that with this idea of uh, educating for global citizenship from an Ignatian perspective, again, from our secret ingredient. We are we are all invited to do it, but we can only do it from our, uh, our own uh, identity, and this case is the nation identity. But I think it's very important 
important. I went to a Jesuit school and I had a wonderful time in this Jesuit school, the same Jesuit school that my parents went and that my my um, brothers went. But uh, they didn't prepare me to be a, a citizen of the world. I think yeah. that that was not the context at that time. But today that, that is our current context. So I think that we have a big challenge to do there. Another area that I think that our schools can really uh, improve and they are learning is the good news and they have to learn because of the pandemic is how can we really include technology in a creative way to help us to for our mission and especially for the education of the whole person. So I understand there are many uh, shortcomings about technology. There are many problems with technology, but technology can also help us and be a wonderful tool to help students and communities to reach out this education of the whole person and prepare us to be fully human. And fully human for us means Christ-like, because that is what uh, fully human means for us in the Catholic tradition. So I think that at least those areas are areas in which we feel a challenge and we know that we need to do more. We are doing things. We are beginning uh, to include, for instance, global citizenship uh, in that. And maybe the other area, paradoxically enough, that is um, very important and for us is faith formation. Well, of course, Catholic schools are or should be all about faith formation, but faith formation is increasingly difficult in in every context because of the religious diversity, because of the secular context in which we live. Sometimes there are some secular contexts that are very anti-religious, anti-Christian. So we also are trying to, to find a way in which faith formation, faith education is central and it can be offered as an important invitation to the new generations to understand that the gospel is something that opens for them new possibilities and that a relationship with God and Christ can make a big difference and make them more fully fully human and more fully divine. So I think those are some of the areas in which we feel we need, really need to respond and be creative. Those are those are tremendous, Father. It's it it reminds me because I mean in in my experience, Jesuit schools do adapt and change to their local situation quickly. And you've spread around the world. You've told me, you know, Fei Alegria is in response to a need, moving to you know working more opening schools in Africa, is responding to needs quickly. And I feel like, and yet at the same time, you discern slowly and you discern well and that's part of what ignatius did so it's like you a lot of times i think some people innovate and change without thinking about it (laughs) um but i know in the jesuit tradition you take time to discern well and then i think you're able to move more quickly afterwards and that's something i like and i think is very important because the world around us is changing quickly but we have to discern well as to what we're going to do so thank you yeah 
No, thank you, John. I think that that's very appropriate. And uh, please keep us in your prayers so that we can really be faithful to that real tradition of discernment and uh, that real tradition to respond to the ever-changing uh, context in which we educate and in which we want to make sure that the new generations can hear the message of the gospel and they can hear the message of the church and they can hear uh, what we had to say to them. That's great, Jose. And, and, a, and another example of that is our friend and prior guest, Father Foley, where the Jesuits wanted to do something on the south side of Chicago, and they were thinking a health center at one point. And Father Gartland walked the streets of Pilsen asking the community, what do you want? Not what do we want? What do we think? But what do you want? And they heard a, a an accessible Catholic college prep school. And that's how Cristoria was born, by by listening to the community and, and responding to the needs. So it's another example of, of the Jesuits going going to where the poor are and what do they need. Um, Jose, you've mentioned a couple times the pandemic. Uh, looking back on the past two years, are there learnings uh, that you're going to take from this? Are there lessons you're taking from the, the challenging past two years that we have had? that you're going to carry forward? Uh, um, yes, I, I think, I personally think that it's still too early to know exactly how the pandemics are going to change our schools and education in general. But certainly I have seen two things at least happening. One is that um, the pandemic has contributed a lot uh, to use technology in a creative way and understand how technology can really help us. And also, I think that um, the, the pandemic has helped us to focus and, and, and to say why we are here. It has helped the families. You were saying at the beginning that we, a Catholic school, have now uh, more people in the schools. I have seen also that happening in, in Jesuit schools all over the world. And uh, when I asked, they said, well, because many families, the pandemic uh, uh, held them to think, what is that we really want for our kids? What is that we really want for our children? And for many of them, the answer was, we really want an education that made them better human beings, that can make them uh, contributors to a better society. So I think that the pandemic is helping us, even though we are such a divided world at this point and we're so polarized, I think that in the long run can help us uh, to understand that we need to develop pedagogies and school systems that prepare people to be one human race and uh, contribute significantly with one another to solve together our common problems and our common challenges. So I will say that, uh, Rob, now. Hmm, that's interesting. So, Jose, as we bring this podcast to a close, we ask our guests always one final question, and it's the same question to all of our guests. Who is your greatest teacher of all time and why? Uh, good, good question. You know, um, for me, uh, it goes back uh, to the Jesuit school when I, where I was. I'm probably, uh, I, 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 I had many great teachers, but there is one sister, uh, Euphemia was uh, 
her name or is her name she's still alive and I saw her no long ago I think that she was a wonderful teacher because she was very strict but at the same time very caring and then I remember that when we went to the new uh, grade uh, I said to my mother could you talk to her I would like to to stay with her next year and uh, so my mother said that to her and she said well but uh, usually they say the opposite because I am so strict and uh, I said well but I like that I like that because it was coming from a good place and I, I think that that's actually a nice combination when your teacher is able to challenge you but you know that it's coming from love and it's coming from because you the, the person really cares about you it's not because uh, the person is mean or the person doesn't like you. That's interesting Jose when I started teaching at, at Market High in 1993 the principal said to me I I want to hear the kids complaining about how strict you are and how mean you are up until Thanksgiving. And then I want to hear how great you are and how nice you are and how much they love you. <laughs> That's right. That's great. <laughs> Good advice, I think. Good advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great advice. And uh, I was, I'd never been very mean before, but I, I tried hard <laughs> up until Thanksgiving. And then I became nice again. <laughs> very good. Well, Jose, thank you for your time and great to see you. Uh, blessings on your travels and all the work you're doing for Catholic education. Thank, Thank you so you. much to you both, yes. Tom and Rob, for also for your work. God bless you. And uh, let's uh, continue our work. That's great. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you all for listening and joining us. And we hope to see you again on the next class. We hope you enjoyed this episode today. If you did, we'd greatly appreciate it if you would share this episode with your friends and family. If you get a moment to rate or review us, that too would be much appreciated. Have a great day.